Devin Booker, the first NBA player to record 40 points and 10 fouls in a finals game. That joke definitely hasn't been made 30 times after game four, but let's hop into the episode. By the way, this video contains videos of my friends uh, reacting to the game as well as reacting to Space Jam, and I got their permission to use it, so I hope y'all find that as fun as I did. Alright, and we should be live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Nathan Budnett, Episode 7. We got a lot to talk about today. As you may be able to tell right off the bat, uh, the background looks very different. I got some more stuff, and so instead of just showing the bookshelf, I expanded the webcam to include the nightstand so I could have some more stuff here, as well as the championship poster there and the AT&T Center sign I always talk about in the back. Also, this is the first episode where I'm going to be focusing a lot on audio, so if there's any video that I end up talking about, I'm going to try my best to explain it while talking about the audio, because, as you can see here at the body bottom for y'all that are on video, the podcast is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast iHeartRadio, as well as some other services such as Anchor, Breaker, and Radio Public, and all of those will be in the link, uh, will be links in the description on the YouTube video. Now, before we get into anything, I ordered something that came in a couple days ago that I want to open and show on stream. This box is already open, just because I wanted to make sure both of these were in here. Also, I forgot to mention, we are starting a little bit late. Uh, I know I said Sundays at noon. We're recording at 3 right now today because we were originally supposed to have a guest, but he did not end up showing up, and so we are recording now. So that's rather unfortunate, uh, but it is what it is. So we're just going to continue. So this is the first thing I ordered. Now when you picture the conference finals trophy, what do you picture? You picture a basketball on a pedestal with something written on the bottom. And so that is exactly what I've ordered here, except obviously a lot smaller. Uh, so I'll go ahead and show the camera now. And if you can read the text, lighting's not very good to read the text because it's not, camera's not focusing on it. But the text says Milwaukee Bucks Eastern Conference Champions 2021 because the Milwaukee Bucks are indeed the Eastern Conference Champions of 2021. And I have been going for them uh, for a while and I predicted at the beginning of this 
season that they would end up going to the finals, which they have. And it looks like they are also going to win the championship, which we are going to talk about here in a second. So let me go put this over here, and then I'll show you the second one. Now this is the second thing I ordered. It is a golden toilet. And if you can read the text again, it says Nathan Butnett loser of the week. So this is going to be a new segment we start on the podcast in which every week we will have a new sort of player, team, um, or anything like that that gets put in loser of the week. Now, on here, it says March Madness. I'm going to try and put a little um, green paper or green something over the where it says March Madness so it's a green screen, and then I can put uh, whatever I need to there rather than it just saying March Madness the whole time. But... Um, I will say that I think the first loser of the week for this week is going to be the Suns fans. Um, and I'll explain why here in a sec. Again, I'm just going to put it back there. And then I'll come back to the microphone. Say it one more time. What? How you were saying, like, they're just too big and everything? They're just too big, bro. Like, dude, they switch off, and, like, Middleton's, like, down low with Chris Paul. Like, how's that even? How's that, like? And that's the second shortest person on the court. Look at yeah. this. Look at this, bro. Look at your holiday. Yeah. He's in, he looks like a small forward. Yeah. So, I'm once again wearing my Milwaukee Bucks shirt for recording today. And that is because the Bucks have won Game 5 of the NBA Finals, taking Game 6 to Milwaukee. And that is very exciting as a Bucks fan because almost every single... Uh, I don't think we've lost a single time in Milwaukee in this entire postseason. Then again, uh, I don't want to count my chickens because... I do think um, the same thing was also true for Phoenix. Phoenix hadn't lost a single time in Phoenix at the postseason, and then they lost Game 5. So we could still lose Game 6. It's a possibility, and the series could go to Game 7. However, as a Bucks fan, it is good knowing that right now it looks like we have the highest percentage chance of winning. And... Let me go ahead and pull up the box score so we can talk about game five. So I was working while this game was going on, but I did get to see a little bit of the first quarter and a little bit of the fourth quarter. I didn't get to see any of the second or third, I'll be honest, because I was working. I have a nine to five. Um, this is not uh, what I do for a living, although it is what I would like to do for a living. Um... And we'll talk about that later. Basically, the ball, the Bucks just shot the ball better. And there isn't much to say about that. 
if you look at their shooting percentages, every single player on the Bucks uh, shot 60%. Suns, every single one of them shot 50%. And much like Game 4, if we go to their rebounds, the Bucks won the rebound battle. And that is a large part of playing basketball as well as turnovers and um the suns just game four and game five have had a lot of turnovers um the bucks ended up having more turnovers in game five um but it was i would say the turnovers were at less crucial moments uh is the best way to put it the suns in game four, Chris Paul slipped and gave the ball up in the fourth quarter when they were down by uh, they were down by two or three. I can't remember because game four at this point was a couple days ago. Um, and then game five, Devin Booker uh, tries to take it up, tie the score in the fourth quarter again, and Drew Holiday steals the ball takes it and alley-oops it to Giannis for one of the greatest finals highlights. So, Drew Holiday, uh, once again, uh, I talked about last episode, sometimes he doesn't get offense done, but he's an absolute god on defense. As a point guard, he had three steals and one block, as well as four rebounds. Whenever I look at four rebounds, three steals, and a block, I think of like a small forward. This is our point guard. And then he decided to show up for offense yesterday, which is really good. Uh, because obviously you want more people. Um, you want more people to be doing their job on offense than not. So Drew Holiday goes 12 for 20 scoring 27 points combining with Chris Middleton who went 12 for 23 scoring 29 points and then Giannis going 14 for 23 with 32 points so right there you have 90 points from your main three guys and then you have Connaughton as well going 66% from three, which is something you always like to see because uh, three-pointers, uh, especially from Connaughton, is what helped us win game four. And then Bobby Portis played 19 minutes, scoring nine points. And I really wish that we would change up our starting five. I think that it would be better. Uh, again, if it's not broken, don't fix it because we are playing in Milwaukee for game uh, for a fourth win. However, and this has been said at nauseum for multiple Bucks fans, I think it would be a better idea if we put Giannis in at the five. And Bobby Portis in at the four and took Brooke Lopez out. Because I was talking 
last week that Brooke Lopez is not doing his job as a center. And he keeps trying to shoot threes like he's Curry. He's a center. You can't shoot. You can't be shooting threes on every single possession when you're a center. You need to be taking it through the paint just like Giannis is and scoring in the paint. That's your job as a center. And then we look at Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis had nine points, the same as Brooke Lopez, with ten less minutes. So I think Bobby Portis is much more efficient. And I think Giannis can play the five because he's played at the five before. And then Bobby Portis, instead of coming off the bench, can play the four spot where Giannis is. And this game, or this series, I should say, specifically, goes to show exactly what I was talking about in episode 5, which is big men play such an important role. You look at what is happening, and it's word for word what I said is going to happen in a big man versus three series like this. I said, if you have big men or you have people that shoot your three, every now and then you're going to miss your threes. If you have a big man, you can throw it inside the paint. Your person in the paint can get some contested shots with with their size, or they can just straight up dunk it. You look at the Suns versus Bucks. That is exactly what's happening here. The Suns know that they dominate the three-point line. They're going to use that to their advantage. They're going to shoot threes on almost every possession. However, nobody has a 100% three-point shooting. So they miss. The Bucks get the rebound. The Bucks take it to their side of the court. They sh- uh, pass it to either Giannis, Middleton, or if Brooke Lopez is on the f- uh, floor, they pass it to Brooke Lopez or... Maybe Connaughton, maybe Bobby Portis, whoever happens to be there. And they go through the paint and they just absolutely dominate. And then you look at um, you look at what the Suns are trying to do. The Suns know that that is what's going to happen. Uh, they know that Giannis is going to go through the paint because that's what he does. So they try and pull what they did with the Lakers series, which is create a wall. They try and basically replicate the LeBron wall. So if you look at any time Giannis has the ball for the Bucks and tries to go through the paint, there's three, four guys on him. The problem is that the LeBron wall does not work on Giannis. Giannis somehow is able to shoot shots that for any other player would be a 30-40% chance shot and Giannis is hitting it 9 out of 10 times with four guys on him and with four guys on him a lot of the time he's also drawing a foul which makes it his drive through the paint a three-point play um uh sorry 
um, he makes his drive to the paint at three-point place uh, most of the time because he's able to draw a foul if there's four guys on him. And so the Suns just don't have an answer for it. Game five, they started to actually push back. Game five, the Suns started to have an answer for Giannis. Mike Budenhoser, as much as we clown about him being a bad coach, noticed this, pulled Giannis out, drew up some new plays without Giannis in it, and that confused the Suns. The Suns didn't have an answer for this new offensive plan, and so we were able to uh, go on a run, and then once we had that run, we put Giannis back in, and Giannis did what he does best, and we ended up winning that game. And I don't know what else I can say about the Bucks Suns uh, that I haven't already said in the last two episodes. We've talked about the Bucks Suns a lot the last two episodes because that's what's been happening most recently. But that pretty much covers it. If it's gonna be, if it's a paint versus three point line battle, to me the paint is always going to win because the paint. If you have a big guy on your team, you're going to be more successful and have a better shooting percentage going from mid-range or foul line or within the key than beyond the arc. And it's as simple as that. And next game is game six. We win game six. It's in Milwaukee. We get a ring in Milwaukee. And it's going to be very exciting and I'll be very happy. So, real quick, um, I forgot to mention at the very start, I said I'm focusing on audio, so again, the podcast is now available, uh, it's streamed here at Twitch, twitch.tv slash easygingy, Sundays at noon, uh, unless a conflict happens like today, uh, they're uploaded in video form on uh, the Gingy YouTube channel. That's G-I-N-G-E-Y-Y-Y. It's also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Break, uh, Breaker Podcast, and uh, Radio Public. <laughs> Ryan just said you're mad cute in the chat. Thank you, man. Um... Here, let me pull the chat box up for Twitch because it is, for some reason, it is below where I want it to be. There we go, Ryan. Your uh, chat should appear now. Um, and so, I wanted to go ahead and say that with the podcast being on Spotify and everything like that, I would really appreciate if you guys shared the podcast where you could. All of these links are going to be in the description to wherever you see or wherever you watch or listen to your podcast. Now, Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, has sort of a partner plan much like YouTube has. YouTube's partner plan is once you hit a thousand subs, you can get advertisements. Now, I'm only on 82 subs on YouTube right now, so I'm very far away from uh, getting monetized on YouTube. However, on Spotify, Spotify, once you have 50 listeners, 
Spotify starts sending you sponsorships that are powered with Spotify or partnered with Spotify already so that you don't have to go looking for sponsors. Spotify just sends you sponsorships if you want them. Now, this happens at 50 monthly listeners. As I'm recording this episode, we're already on 12 monthly listeners, and we only have two episodes of the podcast on Spotify. So I'm hoping that if y'all enjoy my content, and I'm putting out content that y'all enjoy, y'all can share the links to Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to this podcast, and hopefully the people you share it with share it as well etc etc and that will help me out and then I can make better content for you guys I can get a better webcam better mic uh, that sort of thing and then it just makes me be able to put more into the podcast so it's more enjoyable for y'all again but anyway let's get back into talking basketball so let's talk about the US Olympics I had originally said in episode 5 or 6, I don't remember, that the U.S. Olympic basketball team was absolutely stacked. Now, let me look at their most recent games, because they've lost two exhibitions against Nigeria and Australia. They won against Argentina. The USA men versus Australia second exhibition match was canceled. And tonight we play Spain in another expedition. Now, everybody's saying that the... USA team this year sucks because they're losing exhibitions. I personally disagree. I think that this is a good case of why why waste your energy if you don't need to. Okay? And obviously people are going to be watching the expeditions because they're watching the expeditions now and that's why people are saying the US Olympic team sucks because they're losing these exhibitions. But I think that the USA team personally isn't putting in 100%, and that is because it's an exhibition. Okay, people like KD especially uh, are coming right out of the uh, playoffs, and they're conserving their energy for whenever the games actually count. And people that are usually on the US team aren't on the US team now, for that exact same reason. You may say, why isn't Trey Young um, on the U.S. team? Why isn't LeBron on the U.S. team? Uh, why isn't Anthony Davis? You know, all these players that are, like, really good, uh, why aren't they on the U.S. Olympic team? And it's because, look at what happened this year. We, In order to get the NBA right back on schedule... We started the season almost right after the 2020 season ended, and that has led to countless amount of injuries because of 
not significant enough rest. And so LeBron and these other players are not going to play in the Olympics because they're going to use this time now to get a full rest so that it doesn't happen again in the 2022 season. And KD and these other players are in the Olympics, and I think they're doing sort of the exact same, even though they're still having to play. Uh, They're still playing, but they're not playing at 100%. They're probably playing around 50-60% so that they can still rest their bodies and recover so that whenever these Olympic Games actually count towards medals, uh, they can just go 100% then and get the wins they need. And it's as simple as that. That's what I truly think. Now again, whenever these games start actually counting, uh, the U.S. teams could start losing. I could be proven very wrong. Uh, But that's what I think as of right now. So now we can go ahead and talk about Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2 came out two days ago. I went and saw it on opening night. Uh, I know y'all can't really see with the lighting, um, but right there, I did go ahead and get a Space Jam LeBron uh, Funko Pop, the large one. And then I also have right here uh, the small, uh, like three, three or so inch ones of Bugs Bunny, uh, Taz, and LeBron as well. Now, I, th- I don't think it's any secret that I, as a Spurs fan, am not a huge fan of LeBron James. However, going into this movie, even though I don't like LeBron James that much, I still found the movie very, very enjoyable. I really liked the movie. Now, I'm going to talk about the movie here, so if you haven't seen it, uh, you can skip ahead a couple minutes... Uh, Because I am going to talk about some things in the movie uh, that may contain a couple of spoilers. So again, if you haven't seen it, or and you really want to watch it, go ahead and skip ahead. If you've already seen it, or you just don't care and you're not going to see it, then you can keep listening. For, as a Spurs fan, again, um, I, I don't like LeBron. But this movie was one of the best movies I've seen in theaters in a long time. And it actually, ironically enough, I think made me like LeBron a little bit more. Uh, Just because of the intro to the movie. Uh, The intro to the movie, uh, again, those of y'all that are listening, I'm assuming you've seen it already. So you know what I'm talking about. The intro to the movie shows clips of him while going through sort of the opening credits, I guess. Um, Clips of him with Miami, Cleveland, the Lakers, and uh, just showing basically his highlight plays. And... As much as I don't like LeBron, you have to admit he's done some pretty incredible stuff. Now, going forward in the movie, I really like the avenue that they took. 
So, the avenue that the movie took, basically, was LeBron uh, always thinks about what his team can do for him and not what he can do for his team. And, again, uh, maybe this is just my bias talking, but I think that's very accurate to the real-world LeBron. Uh, Aside from... Uh, some other players like uh, Kyrie or Anthony Davis that he really had some good teammate chemistry with. I think that LeBron has always had the mindset and the ego that he is the greatest player to ever live. He needs to be the one that has the ball. He needs to play coach. Uh, People, you know, always make the joke like, oh, LeBron is the GM for the Lakers. If he wants somebody traded, if he wants somebody drafted, that's just the way it is. Um, My cat is hopping up on my chair here. Give me a second, guys. Hey, buddy. I'm trying to record a video right now. Um... Anyway, I think, personally, LeBron does sort of have an ego problem, and that is why I don't like him. I People may not agree with me, and people may say I'm a LeBron hater, and I will take that in stride. I think I am a LeBron hater because I don't like him. That's uh, I can't lie about that. But it's not that I hate his playing. I think he's a very good player. I don't like him as a person. And the movie actually talked about that a little bit. And at halftime, actually throughout the whole movie, uh, LeBron is saying, you know, we need to do things this way. Y'all need to play basketball the way I play basketball. And Bugs Bunny is like, we're not going to do that. We're going to play how we play because that's what we do. And then at halftime, LeBron is asking, why are we losing, yada, yada, yada. And Lola Bunny's like, well, we're trying to play the way you said. And LeBron's like, I was wrong. Let's play the way you guys play. And then that's obviously when the movie takes a turn and they come back, they start winning etc. Now, I think that was really smart. I know that the movie had a lot to deal with like the father-son dynamic. That personally, um, I didn't really care about, I'll be honest. Um, I know like that's supposed to be like a life lesson in it is like, um, don't make uh don't make your children do what you want them to do like let them uh do what they want to do and uh his wife says at the very beginning of a, of the movie uh saying uh your son doesn't need a coach he needs a dad that kind of thing um i didn't like i'm not saying i didn't like it i just didn't really care about it uh i'll be honest um and then, personal favorites for me in the movie, I'll just say, the Michael Jordan twist was 
I, I can't even explain it. Um, so again, if y'all have seen it, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, basically at halftime, the team is down by so much that they say, oh, we need a miracle. And then Sylvester says, well, I don't know if this is a miracle, but I got Michael Jordan back. Uh, he was in the crowd. And then there's this smoke, and the Space Jam 1 music starts playing. And then the smoke clears, and it's Michael B. Jordan. So it's not the actual Michael Jordan. And I like that they referenced the first Space Jam, because I was going into this expecting that... Um, I'll be honest, I was going into this expecting that because this is Space Jam 2, and as the mo- as the movie title even says, A New Legacy, and this was for a new generation, I was expecting them to basically ignore the first one completely and act as if it was a reboot rather than a sequel with just LeBron instead of Michael Jordan. I That's what I thought it was going to be going in. I thought it was going to be just a completely reboot with LeBron but they actually did make it a sequel which I really enjoyed and uh Sylvester uh after getting the wrong Jordan uh says well it has been 25 years I don't remember what he looks like which I thought was very funny uh and then some other things in the movie it's a giant Warner Brothers commercial just like the first Space Jam uh, it's all it is is a giant Warner Brothers commercial because um, they have fans come and see the game, and all the fans are things that Warner Brothers owns, such as Iron Giant, King Kong, Scooby Doo. Um, trying to think of some other ones, but yeah, like all the Warner Brothers entities. Um, come and watch the game and they talk about Harry Potter, Batman, all this stuff in the movie. And it it's just again, it's just a large Warner Brothers commercial. However, even with it being a giant Warner Brothers commercial, I didn't really have a problem with it because they did it in a very uh sort of I don't want to say natural way, but it made sense because they were in like the Warner Brothers server uh, and it didn't feel forced I guess is the word I'm looking for and then um, I something that I would have liked personally going back to the father father son thing is you're already in a video game with a bunch of special effects when the sun switches teams and go- starts playing with lebron rather than granny coming out with a new jersey i think it would have looked cooler if like the jersey that he was wearing kind of like digitally like changed like on him i think that would have been really cool rather than him just like switching shirts like a normal human but um trying to think of what else I had to say about Space Jam 2 
Oh, yeah, I, I really like how they brought Ernie Johnson into it, because then it felt like a, uh, it felt like a, an NBA game a little bit with that, and then uh, at halftime, they had the NBA on TNT theme playing, uh, which was really funny, and Ernie Johnson as well said, LeBron came back from 3-1, to one. can he come back from this, which I absolutely loved, because... Even in 2021, five years after the fact, the Warriors are still getting shit for blowing a 3-1 lead, which I don't think is ever going to... I don't think they're ever going to let that go. I think the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead meme is always going to be around, and I really like that. And then they also said in there... Uh, I forget which character said it, but one of the characters said he's the greatest of all time, and then another character said, eh, that's still up for debate. And I like that they put that in there because everybody's always arguing about who's the GOAT, and I personally, um, I personally do not think LeBron is the greatest of all time. And that goes back to me saying earlier that I don't like LeBron and it could be my bias talking. I don't think LeBron is the greatest of all time. I don't think he's even close to the greatest of all time, if I'm being honest. Uh, again, he's a great player, has a lot of accolades, but let's think about this really quick. Obviously, the one he gets compared to a lot is Michael Jordan, but let's look at other players as well. Not only do you have Michael Jordan... You have Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, uh, all these players. And I know some of y'all, some of those in the, that list, especially Tim Duncan, y'all are like, why is this guy even in the discussion of GOAT? And there's, I don't want to repeat what I've heard, so I'll link a playlist in the YouTube description but there's this guy on YouTube that has a playlist called making the case and it makes the case for every single player uh, that has uh, an argument for being the greatest of all time and each one uh, each player he makes a very good case for he makes a case for Michael Jordan he makes a case for LeBron he makes a case for Wilt Chamberlain, uh, and then he makes a case for Tim Duncan as well. Tim Duncan I personally like, and I know everybody's thinking, oh, you're a Spurs fan, you're going to have bias, but hear me out. Tim Duncan has five championships, all of them, uh, the, the first one being only two years after he was drafted and in those five championships he has I think three finals MVPs let me look it up real quick so Tim Duncan has five championships three finals MVPs and two normal MVPs and then Jordan has six championships six finals MVPs and five normal MVPs. And then Kobe has five championships, two finals MVPs, and one normal MVP. 
If you look at Tim Duncan's stats, he doesn't have like a very dominant season. All those other players you can look at, like you can look at Michael Jordan and be like, okay, this was Michael Jordan's prime. You can look at LeBron be like, this was a LeBron's prime. You can look at Kobe be like, this is Kobe's prime. Tim Duncan doesn't have a Tim Duncan prime. He was in his prime from the moment he was drafted to the moment he retired. He just had that those stats the entire way. And some of you may argue, well, Tim Duncan had amazing teammates. Those teammates are in the Hall of Fame. They helped him. He had David Robinson. He had Tony Parker. He had Manu Ginobili. How is that different from any other person that is on that list? You talk about LeBron. LeBron had Kyrie. He had Dwayne Wade. He had Anthony Davis. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. Steve Kerr. Um, I mean... You can't just use teammates as an excuse, especially when those excuses can work towards other people you say are the GOAT. And I really wish my special guest was here, because then this could be a long uh, discussion. Because he's actually a LeBron fan, and that's one reason he was going to come on today. Is he was going to talk Space Jam 2 and the LeBron GOAT argument with me. But unfortunately, he's not here. So, uh, I've basically said my piece. I don't think LeBron is the GOAT. I think there are many other uh, people that are in that discussion. And I think it's very hard to pick one player and be like, this player is the greatest of all time. Because I think many of these players are around the same level as each other. Uh, I would say y'all put, you put Michael Jordan, Kobe... LeBron, uh, Larry Bird, and some of these other players together. And at that point, it's picking a name out of a hat. Because you can look, obviously they play different, Some of, a lot of them play different positions. And a lot of them have different stats, a lot of them have different awards. And you can't just pick one thing and say that person's greater. You can't just look at Michael Jordan's championships and say he has more championships, he's the best, because he's not the greatest at other things. And that's why I think it's very hard to choose a GOAT. And I will probably talk about this more. Oh, that's my phone going off. Sorry about that, guys. I will... I will most likely talk about this more and go more in depth on other episodes but that's all i have to say for right now is i don't think lebron is the goat personally so now that that's done we can go ahead and go into the draft class for 2021 so we've already talked uh about the mock draft so, I want to go through each of these players individually. Basically, what I did was... Last episode, I talked about the... Last episode, I talked about the 
team specifically like is this the right thing for the team uh but I want to talk about the players on an individual level now. I don't want to talk about how well they fit who's ever picking them, but how well they would fit in the NBA as a whole, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a different shift from what we did last episode. So Cade Cunningham, um, Cade Cunningham easily, I think, will fit in the NBA. I don't know how well he'll be with the Detroit Pistons because here's the thing. He gets assist and he can shoot, but you can't get assist if the people you're passing it to can't shoot. Okay? I could I could be um uh, let's take like a random guy. Let's just say there's a random guy in college that is somehow averaging 50, like 50 assists per game, which obviously is insanely crazy. He, he's like the he would be the best point guard ever if he had 50 assists a game. Let's take that guy and we put that guy on a team that has a. 10 field goal percentage which if you have a 10 field goal percentage i don't know how you're in the nba but again we're doing like hypotheticals we're looking at the extremes here to make my point let's imagine you take this guy with 50 assists put him on a team where everybody has 10 field goal percentage that 50 assists per game is going to go to like 0.4 assists per game because anytime you pass it these guys that you're passing it to aren't going to make it. Uh, they're going to brick that shot, maybe even airball it if they have 10% from field goal. And you just you can't as get the assist uh, if your team doesn't do what they're supposed to be doing. And that's pretty simple. Uh, that's why it's called an assist. Um... I don't have much to say about Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is just a really good player. But again, um, he'll need to get some help so that he doesn't become a quote-unquote bust. Because I don't think he's going to be a bust. I just don't think that he'll be able to play at the level that he should be playing at. Or, like, I don't think he'll be able to use his full potential, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Jalen Green... Um, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley, both of them, I think they're very dominant in the paint. And I've already talked about dominating the paint several times now. Um, I think that he, he's, he just does what he's supposed to do. And there isn't much to say. Um, he... trying to think of my words here so i think he should get his uh assist per game up if he's uh playing shooting guard but 65 172 um i think if you coach him on defense then he'll be an excellent player he could be a player that's 
uh, like Drew Holiday, that is your defense guy and just um, does what you need him to do. Evan Mobley. Uh, Evan Mobley is a center, seven foot. However, if you look at him, he's very, very skinny if you watch his highlights. Now, again, he's still in college. So my advice would be to put him in the weight room, start working up his muscle, and then this guy could resemble Giannis, um, what Giannis is doing in the finals right now. And I really mean that. Look at his highlights in college. Um, what he's doing, he, just like the Giannis versus the Suns, uh, Evan Mobley has three people on him in the paint and still manages to dunk it and get the points he needs because he's seven foot. Now, he's making these points, um, but again, he's very skinny and he's doing this in college. Whenever he's drafted into the NBA, I don't think what he's doing now is going to transition well because he doesn't have that weight. Uh, I don't think he'll be able to dunk or go through the paint as efficiently in the NBA because you have stronger, uh, more physical players uh, in the NBA versus college. Now, if you start training him in the weight room, put on some weight, put on some muscle, I think you could turn him into the next Giannis, where he is doing exactly what he was doing in college, in the NBA. And uh, Jalen Green, as well as um, Evan Mobley, I honestly think that both of them could be in a dunk contest when, uh, the year they're drafted. If not, maybe their second or third year in the NBA, but I really do think that uh, one of them or both of them could be in the dunk contest. So Scotty Barnes. Uh, so even though he only start uh, was only on the starting five, um, he only started in seven games, but he still had the most assist out of his team. And he had more assists than Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs. Um, and he has really great defense. So putting him on the Toronto Raptors, um, I think is going to be a really good move. Because uh, he'll be playing with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Um, so he can keep those assist numbers and do what he has to do. Uh, Jonathan uh, Kuminga, uh, he's very young, so he'll have a lot of years in the NBA. Uh, he originally was a number one pick, if I'm remembering correctly, but his points per game and his shooting percentage started to go down, so that moved him down a little bit on the draft roster. And Jalen Suggs uh, is a point guard. Um... I don't think the Oklahoma City need another point guard. Um, they have uh, SGA, but you know, you do you, Oklahoma City. So, um, so in the mock draft again, the Spurs show 
that they're going to try and draft a shooting guard. Um, and again, I think that's really dumb. I've already went on the rant last episode. I don't think that... Um, I, I really don't think that we need another guard. We have so many guards already. We need big men. But if we look at this draft class... Let's compare the draft class to 2003, 2009, 2012, 2013, or 2019. As you go through this draft class of 2021, um, I saw an article that said this is the best draft class since 2003. I don't think that it's the best draft class since 2003 because again we have 2009 2012 2013 and 2019 but uh i think it's on the level with those draft classes because if you just scroll through the mock draft kate cunningham jalen green evan mobley scotty barnes jonathan kuminga jalen suggs like you just keep scrolling through uh davian mitchell Miles McBride, uh, Moses Moody, any single one of these players uh, could be an all-star. And that rivals um, the draft classes I just listed. So let's go to the draft classes that I just listed and... I can go ahead and uh, talk about exactly, I can go into further detail about what I'm talking about. So let me pull up the draft classes real quick. So 2003, you have LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, um, Josh Howard, like you have notable all-stars on this team you look at 2009 2009 you had Blake Griffin James Harden Steph Curry DeMar DeRozan um, Drew Holiday like all these guys are all-stars you look at 2011 2011, you have Kyrie Irving, uh, Jonas V, again, the guy's name I can't pronounce, uh, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, um, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler. These are all names we recognize as great players in the NBA. 2013, you have... Victor Oladipo, CJ McCollum, Giannis, Steven Adams, Rudy Gobert. We go to 2019, the last one I listed. You have Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett, uh, 
these are all again like i was saying these are all names that we recognize and these are all players that we know because they're amazing players now let's go to the mock draft i think this draft class will be the exact same where every single player in this draft we know who they are Cade Cunningham we we're gonna know who he is Jalen Green he's we're gonna know who he is Evan Mobley he's gonna make sure we know who he is Scotty Barnes Jonathan Kuminga again it's we we are going to know these people's names like these are the people that are going to be in the all-star game in like four or five years time so last but not least since we are talking about the draft and things like that let's go ahead and go into the draft or free agency sorry or not free agency uh, but trade rumors the 76ers are looking to trade Ben Simmons. I don't think anybody's going to take Ben Simmons, though. Um, uh, the Rockets are trying to get the number one pick for Cade Cunningham, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if the Pistons do give away their number one draft pick, I think they're just stupid at that point. Um, the Knicks are reportedly talking about giving, uh, getting Colin Sexton for Mitchell Robinson. Um, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bulls are all looking at Lonzo Ball. Um, I think getting Lonzo out of New Orleans is a good idea. Um... However, New Orleans is trying to get Kyle Kuzma for Lonzo Ball. I think that's a downgrade. Um, and then the Clippers get Terrence Mann. Uh, or the Clippers give away Terrence Mann. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. And then as well, this is the big one here. The Nets super team is possibly breaking up the nets are open to trade i'm reading this from trending nba on instagram quote the nets are open to trade kyrie irving this offseason due to growing frustration between him and the organization i or end quote um so kyrie might once again be leaving um, as well as Blake Griffin said he wants to uh, leave the Nets, just like he left Detroit. So I think it might just be KD uh, and Harden that are left on this Nets team. And I think that's a bad idea. You worked so hard to get this super team, and now you're just breaking it up after y'all lost in a Game 7. I think keep that super team, rest... And you'll win the finals next year. Uh, the Warriors are trying to get Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't think they need another guard. Uh, the Nets may take Lonzo Ball for Kyrie. Um, 
I don't think Lonzo is on Kyrie's level, but you would be getting another significant guard. So at least you have something there. Um, I think, again, I want to get rid of Kyrie, but Lonzo could be um, a significant replacement, although he's not on the same level as Kyrie, but he is a pretty good uh, guard as well. Um, this is the one I was very frustrated about. The Spurs may package DeMar DeRozan in a deal to the Sixers in exchange for Ben Simmons. Why the fuck do we want Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons doesn't shoot. Ben Simmons is horrible. Plus, Ben Simmons is another guard. Like, if we get if we make that trade happen, I'm going to be so incredibly mad. Um this is one I'm sure y'all have heard already because uh, there's always the meme, get uh, MB3 out of Sacramento. So, again, trending NBA, quote, According to sources, the Sacramento Kings are willing to offer a package that includes Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley III, and one or more future first-round draft picks in a deal for Ben Simmons, end quote. I think getting Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald out of uh sacramento is a good idea however trading them for ben simmons i don't think is a good idea uh i really don't think ben simmons is that good of a player and then there is obviously the um the rumor that damian lillard is going to leave because he said quote i was like man this just isn't going to work end quote but uh damian lillard has since denied the uh, trade accusations um, but, um, yeah it's 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 really weird with Damian Lillard like he said he officially they say he officially requested a trade from Portland and then later denied trade rumors so it's really confusing to decide like to figure out is he being traded or is he not uh but i guess we'll just find out later um the warriors are planning to maybe package their number seven and number 14 draft pick for another player uh i think if they do that they definitely need a big guy as i was explaining before so that they don't turn out like the Suns that just shoot from three and nothing else. Um, but that's really all I have for this episode, guys. Uh, I will go ahead and see y'all in the next one. And again, if y'all um, enjoy the podcast, be sure to share it around so that I can start making some better content for you guys. And it would also really help me out. So... That's really all I have to say. Um, if y'all are watching on YouTube, uh, like the video, share the video, etc. If y'all are watching in audio versions, please share the link to the podcast on wherever you watch the podcast. And if you're watching it live on Twitch, uh, please follow the Twitch um, if you have not already. Because it is the same thing as Spotify once you hit 50 followers on twitch uh you become an affiliate i think right now on twitch i'm on 21 or 22 so we're about halfway there 
So I'd really appreciate it if you guys uh, could get me up there. But anyway, that's all I have to say. And that's Nathan Budnett. See you guys.